Hey pals, so heads up on this one, the recording gods weren't too kind, and so the audio isn't always the greatest throughout this. So I guess just hang in there. Hey, pals. Hey, buddies. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Bible study. study. The only time where the terms God and stoned actually lead to a good time. If you haven't listened before, awesome. We are a couple of former Christians. And what we like to do here is hash out what more realistically could be happening in these Bible stories. And ultimately what these characters might have been experiencing while living through all of this. Because we still know that there are great spiritual takeaways in this big book. But those have been muddled in way too much dogma for 2,000 years now. So, feel free to get your Bibles out, follow along. Or like in church, just listen and take our word as fact. Her name's Mary, my name's Justin. Now that that's out of the way, what you having today? I'm having a mystery strain, strain because, um, so I, um, didn't go to the dispensary yesterday like I was supposed to, so I had to find any possible cart that I had just lying around and I found one <laughs> but I have no idea when or where it's from it was in my desk drawer I don't remember the last time mm. I put a cart in my desk drawer yeah that was my little cart I had no idea what it was it was just at the bottom of my shark thing where I keep them yeah so that didn't work and I still don't know what I'm having some sort of mystery crumble from pyramid Ooh, that's exciting I do love pyramid it's been a while one day they will put the strings on their package. One day. One day. You got all frozen, but I can hear oh, you. Oh no! I'm yeah. frozen. Well, that's you, good. You don't even. I don't know what you sound like. It's. Oh, some kind of robot. Yeah. Huh. You're on the iPad now. That was so stupid. I literally have no idea what was wrong. Like, my camera was working. It was showing me that it was working fine in settings, but for some reason, it was, like, not connecting with Skype. So it, would, it just would not. Sweet, we got that rolled up nicely. That means it's time we refer to the Bible. Our current study follows a possible chronological order of Jesus' ministry throughout the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is episode number 26. Now let's start this by remembering what happened last time. Ah, uh, yes. So last time, it was Christmas time in Jerusalem, and uh, the people of Jerusalem were straight up salty with, with Jesus. They wanted some goddamn answers, <laughs> some actual straightforward answers, and he gave them more uh, philosophy. So they try. They got mad, and they got. They picked up their stones to stone him, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then Lazarus, Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus, was very ill, and he was going to die, and he was in the process of going to Lazarus during all this. Which again, I'm just going to point out. Remember the whole "let the dead bury the dead" it's bullshit doesn't count when it's when it's his loved ones <laughs> no but whatever oh and then there was another herod that wanted to kill him um and and jesus dined with the pharisees 
the the Pharisee ruler of like so big deal and uh they're pretty much just waiting for him to do something wrong and mm-hmm. then they like set it up so that he would do something wrong and he called them the fuck out and they didn't know how to respond to that so that was the last time so then yeah this the next section luke 14 uh verse 7 to 24 he stays late at this pharisee's house so they're gonna have a sleepover and he's got something to say about how they're all going about choosing the rooms that they're gonna get oh yeah because <laughs> he's like when, when you go to a wedding like don't I automatically assume you deserve the best room like if it's a if it's there, it's like, oh, wow, I can have it. Because, like, someone more important is going to show up late and they're going to be like, uh, you you kick you out of that room because they're like, no, this is, like, my brother. <laughs> You're yeah, in his straight room up. right now. That, that's his trophy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to interrupt you really quick, though, mm-hmm. just for a little clarification. Did yours specify rooms? Uh, yeah. Did it say rooms? Oh, okay. Mine said seats, so I was just trying to... gauge where that was at so i was assuming that was like the seat at the reception but rooms makes this a much more intimate setting and i feel like it just brings more gravity to it okay well i just wanted a little clarification on that okay continue on um but yeah when that happens like now it's the middle of the night because of course he shows up late and then you're gonna just have to go to whatever room is left and it's gonna be the worst room and yeah (laughs) yeah pretty much Mm -hmm. but jesus does have a life hack for this he's like hey when you show up just pick the worst room because your host is gonna find you and be like no come on get out of here you you don't need to stay in the closet go over here (laughs) you don't need to stay in the closet so i mean like yeah if you're waiting for the host i mean that's a good way to see how you rank to someone i guess like you know what they're gonna upgrade to you or like they just pass you by without noticing (laughs) like hey (laughs) can you hand me that broom Straight up, straight up. <laughs> That's the gauge to know how well, like, how where you sit in someone's life. Mm-hmm. Wait for them to host an event. See how they treat you when you get the closet. <laughs> uh, overall, I think, like, because I know uh, going into this part, it was saying, like, it just says a uh, chief priest of the Pharisee, but it never says who. But, like, the way the the host is just, like, accepting or wanting more of this. It seems like he might be staying at, like, Nicodemus's house right now. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Because, like, I how didn't many consider that. chief Pharisees were there that liked him? I mean, that's fair. That's totally fair. Okay. So then, still going on, the host is like, okay, I like these words. You just keep, you know, say some more. And he's like, okay, well, how about this? Like... If you're going to make a big feast, don't do it for a bunch of people just so you can get, like, something out of them. Do it for the people that just need the food. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. But then it gets kind of weird because it's like, yeah, because then they can't repay you. But don't worry, you'll be paid back at the resurrection of the just. Like, do you remember hearing anything like that before? The resurrection of the just? Yeah. Nope. Okay, yeah, that just seems so, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, wow. The only thing I could really think of would be like a far out thing. So like you're doing this for the people who need it. So then the world will recognize and see that. So then when more and more people decide to be just rather than religious, then 
you'll be noticed then? I don't know. That still doesn't seem Jesus. So I'm going to just say it. I've been thinking this for like the last probably two or three episodes. I feel like I'm starting to see Jesus's father more in him in this part. Yeah. Yeah. Where we've gotten to in his life. So I'm just going to say it. There's some there's some narcissism in there too. It's inevitable to become your parents. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> I will not become my parents. I refuse. I rebuke all of that bullshit <laughs> in the name of me because <laughs> I am my own self and I can make that shit happen my fucking self. <laughs> Anyhow, so Jesus is talking about food and all that, and then some guy's like, well, the bread in heaven must be, like, super delicious, right, Jesus? And Jesus is just, like, really annoyed that we're still stuck on heaven here as, like, a physical construct that we're talking about. It's like, okay, you like food? Some some guy was going to have a feast and invite all his friends, okay? But when it was, like, ready, and he sent his servants out to, like, his best friends and everything, like, hey, it's ready, come on. They all had better things to do. Like, his ideas for better things were, <clears throat> I just bought some land, so I, I got to mow lawn, I got to take care of my new oxen, and I'm married, so I can't do that anymore. Which, what kind of party <laughs> is this? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> so when those servants get back to that rich man, he's just like, ah, screw it, invite, you know, every poor needy person around here. And so his servants went and did, and they're like, well, there's still more room. He's like, well, then just go farther out. Expand your radius. Just bring more. Because I'm not going to let my so-called friends have a bite. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> they don't deserve shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, straight up. I wrote specifically in my notes, he was upsetty spaghetti. And that mm -hmm. is quite upset. So, and that checks out. Yeah, that's supposed to be God, too. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. God is upsetty in spaghetti. In this parable, yeah. No, you're right. You're 100% right. That is who he is in this parable. Which is funny because I was just holding back from saying, wow, just more evidence <laughs> that God's a fucking narcissist. But then I was like, no, wait, this was the rich guy. But you're right. It's a fucking parable. And God is supposed to be the rich man. <laughs> which also leads me to, why is he throwing such a fucking tantrum? You know, if he's supposed to be this whole omnipotent being, why is he throwing such a fucking tantrum? <laughs> That's some petty shit. Mm, well, who can be therapist to God? Look, God ain't the only God out there. <laughs> they have whole hierarchies and groups for that reason, man. Some of them are just immature, and they need stability and guidance. Okay, what i i wrote in my notes for verses 12 through 24 as the summary this entire section is sheer petty petty childish behavior this is a rich guy who was lonely and his friend <laughs> and his friends all had other things going on in their lives and he threw a tantrum yeah i was also like again explaining a lot about modern pharisees behaviors and in case you haven't heard, um, I think it was like two episodes ago, maybe. When I'm saying modern Pharisees, I'm referring to modern day Christians who 
are not acting Christ-like. They're the ones who are religious to a fault, and they're practicing their practice just to practice it and use it to demean and step on others. So I'm referring to those people as modern Pharisees, just to clear that up. <laughs> oh, my Bible had a thing about like that last parable, and they're mm -hmm. like, well, you know, since there was two invitations, you know, one when they told him about the thing, and then the other one in person, they were all jerks for not going because their excuses were pre-planned activities, and they should have declined with the first invite. Oh my god. <laughs> um, here's the thing. We don't have a, enough context to know how much, in like, how far in advance they were invited. I know. You can't just blanket statement that Bible. <laughs> Bible notes. Like, that Bible note sounds like a thing the Pharisee would have said, like, against it. Like, oh, but you know, what about this point? Obviously, a wise man wouldn't do, or whatever. Yeah, but it's like, if he invited them day of, mm -hmm. like, there's no fucking way they could have planned for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah, even a week before, you know, like, life. Everyone listening gets that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I didn't know if, like, maybe they just, hmm. Because the excuses are supposed to be, like, made up, I guess, on, like, on the spot. So they didn't yeah. want to go. And I didn't know if that had to do with, like, the thing, like, his, his thing about repayment before. It's like, oh, no, these people are afraid to go to the party because they don't want to have to owe him a favor. Interesting. I didn't think about that perspective. That's very likely. I don't know. I could see it. I'm rolling with that because that makes the most sense. <laughs> okay, verse verses 12 through 13, which is where he's talking about, like, don't invite your friends and family mm -hmm. to your dinners and banquets. Yeah, because they, unless they repay you or invite you back. <laughs> yeah. But do invite the crippled and poor because they can't repay you. Like, em big emphasis on can't there. And you will be blessed. Basically, what I'm getting from that is like this instills the idea that people are being selfless by helping those in need when really they're doing it for the blessing. Or my my Bible, like my translation referred to it as the reward. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that is straight up selfish. Um, you can't change my mind. That's just selfish. I Okay, so I'll, I also want to say... The where I'm saying that it's instilling this mm -hmm. idea, I see it. I don't think that it's directly teaching that. I just think that can be perceived as condoning that if that's already your mindset, like mm -hmm. unaware, not not even unaware. It's just like, I mean, that's just how my mom is. So like, I that's the kind of mentality I had growing up. Yeah, was like. I, you don't actually talk about that you're only doing this for the reward, but yeah, we're only doing this uh -huh. for the reward. I don't give a fuck about this. Like, <laughs> that was just how it was, you know? And I feel like this very much just instills that, even if it's not directly teaching. Oh, I, no, I'm, yeah, I can see. So I, I actually have a note that I wrote um, on my kind of understanding of that, um, I I can see this as the blessing from helping the people being like understanding the problems that the people they're helping are facing. So like if you're just this rich person, 
especially in this society. I mean, it, this holds true today too, but like if you're just this rich, rich person, you are so disconnected from what the average person goes through on a day-to-day -day basis, especially the poor and the crippled and those who just don't have as much. Um, so being directly faced with that, like mm -hmm. that would be very humbling and that can, you know, that can make you change yourself. Um, comes with those kind of like societal epiphanies and so i think that's what he's actually talking about here i think that's what jesus is actually trying to say he's like do this even if you're doing this for self like i i don't think he's saying like <laughs> directly even if you're doing this for selfish reasons but like i think he's saying like just do this and by doing this you will learn i don't know does that even make sense it it does with the resurrection of the justness inside you. Because with that, you'll be like, oh, yes, I realized. Okay. Dope shit. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just I think that's kind of interesting because, I mean, that's just true for anyone. When you spend time with people that are not like you, you just learn. You do. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to or not. <laughs> like, <laughs> you learn about your differences and how they're different and that can really change a person like that really will change a person absolutely so i guess the intention here is if your friends suck and cancel on you last minute invite a bunch of randos who need help hang out with them mm -hmm. get to know them become a better person gain some empathy slash sympathy <laughs> is, is that what the host was doing for jesus no. and his crew maybe i don't know mm. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that's what Jesus wants us to do, but I don't think his followers fucking listen. They're just like, if we do this, we'll have extra jewels when we go to heaven. <laughs> Straight up, that's how my that's that's how my mom trained me. Jewels in the crown. Yeah, dude. I save as many lives as possible, and you'll have the biggest crown with all the jewels. Yeah, I, I heard more like you would just get just. An allotment of crowns. You just have a, so many. You couldn't even wear them all. Like it wasn't wasn't just decorating one. All, you would just get more and more crowns. They're all trophies. All right. Like. Is it just like scalping? It's the crown of the head. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you okay, save someone. Okay. You can't tell me that there's all these like rewards and punishments and just positive and negative consequences but like it's all based on on faith and it's not fucking selfless if you are if you are expecting a reward mm -hmm. you cannot it is impossible to be selfless knowing that you have a confirmed reward like it that's just impossible mm -hmm. i and and I just got done re-binging The Good Place, one of my favorite fucking shows in the entire world. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It will change your fucking life. Um, and it's also funny. But uh, yeah, they go into that a ton in that show. Because that is a huge deal. That's a huge moral quandary when it comes to like <laughs> discussing afterlife things. Because yeah, you, you cannot. It is impossible to be selfless knowing there's a reward it, like if yeah yeah like, i mean <laughs> i've it said was, it a million times i mean especially down to like the points thing too with the one guy who like figured it yeah. out and he's like you just can't even do it 
Yeah, straight up. Once you're aware, you're fucking, you have no option anymore because it will never be truly selfless. I think that's all I got for that one. That's all I got too. Did you want to do the next one? Yeah. So, yeah, this next part is Luke 14, 25 through 35. Um, So, starts out, Jesus has crowds following him. Like his norm pretty much at this point, it's a lot of people. It doesn't directly say this, but I kind of get the feeling that he was annoyed at how many people were with him at that moment. Probably overstimulation. Just like, yeah, if I was surrounded by that many people all the time, I'd get annoyed too, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) That would be too much. Especially as a fellow INFJ. Apparently Jesus was one of those too, which is kind of silly because we can't really know. (laughs) But whatever. That's besides the point. Um, So he seemed pretty annoyed. And so his response to this was, uh, he basically told them, if you don't hate everyone and everything in your life, you can't follow me. Um, That's a pretty harsh paraphrasing he was not quite that mean but still he he did specifically say like that was exactly it for me yeah was that it was pretty it was pretty harsh wasn't it yeah it was just you have to hate this person this person this person oh and your whole life (laughs) don't forget you have to even hate your life oh yep Mm -hmm. and this threw me the fuck off and i researched this part so much because I I just wanted a deeper understanding. Because on this, I was like, this just feels so out of character and weird. And um, <laughs> Do you want to know what my Bible has to say about Jesus telling you to hate everyone? Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. That, is just, that just means that your family has to come second in service to him. But that reads like way too soft of what he's actually saying and like how he's also yeah. talked about. Like, you can't just stop and help family members. Yeah. Straight up. That is also what I found for this one. Was just very much like, you don't have to hate them. They just can't be first. God always has to be first. See, my initial thought with like the hate and everything was more like, you you don't have to hate all of them, but you have to hate some of this and your own life to realize like what has been happening to be able to like, like, like hating them is recognizing like what the religion has done and how it's like affected them poorly and how they're they're blind to you hate that yeah straight up that i mean that while that sounds exactly like stuff jesus has said before it still kind of feels like that's pulling it out of context here though for me because these are people that are like can we join you can we join you and it's like well you you have to hate like it, it seems to me more like I'm not stopping. I'll probably die on the way. You could too. Like, you're not going back. You can't have someone that like, oh, I have to go do this for my mom, my child, myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you need your full attention on this. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Let's see. I I also made a note that um, for verse 25, the New Living Translation has... It specifically says, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. And the reason I thought that was interesting is because they added the by comparison part. Mm-hmm. To be... That, yeah. Yeah. That's straight up... It, it It's literally changing the Bible 
to fit the way you want it to. Yeah. Or to be interpreted the way you want it to. You know, this is supposed to be a holy text that is infallible, untampered with, and it's literally changing Jesus's words, you know? To soften him up. Mm-mm. Jesus was not a soft little bitch. <laughs> That'll be the title of the episode. He, okay, so there were some parables used in this section as well. I just got so hung up on the other part. Um, Fair. I got hung up on a lo- <laughs> all of this part. Yeah, this was a good one. Yeah, I was surprised at how much time I spent on this tiny section. But he goes into this whole thing about how, like, if you're going to build a, if you're going to build a tower, you are first going to make sure you have the funding to build that tower. Because if you don't, you're going to have a foundation and then no fucking building. And then people are going to say, wow, look at this fucking idiot. <laughs> you know? And uh, it's not a good precedent. It's not good. Because then you, you're you not thinking realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, the next parable is the ill-prepared king. That's what I called him, the ill-prepared king. <laughs> um he so he's saying in this one what king would go out and pick a fight with another king having like 10,000 men and the other had 20,000 men cuz he's going to get his fucking ass kicked and all of his men killed <laughs> so um obviously he's going to try and seek a more peaceful route and the whole point in this is like or at least what i saw the point as in these two parables was you have to stop and think and be realistic sometimes because you can't just go in and assume things are going to be perfect you can't assume that you're just going to make it out on top you're going to have the funding to be able to do everything you want to do you have to be (laughs) fucking realistic Mm -hmm. um and so i think he's tying i think the reason he's saying these things is because he's trying to make a point. Because again, he's speaking to the large quantity of people who are following him that he's tired of following, like having follow him. Um, So he's saying like, is this really realistic for you to be a disciple of me? Is that realistic in your life? That's how I'm viewing it. That is... Oh, that's right. That is like the normal viewing. That's like the church, Bible notes, everything kind of says. But like... Mm -hmm. So he's starting this whole thing by like saying like you got to be able to just give up everything, just give it all away, and then he goes in like, okay, who who's gonna like actually go and build a tower without knowing that they're gonna be able to finish it? You know, people will make fun of um, who's what king is gonna like go uh, get violent with another king even though he's got less forces or whatever. You know, these are these are reasonable things to do. Of course, you're gonna sit down and make sure you can finish a tower or. Actually, if you think you can take on a stronger power, if you have a tactical advantage or something, sure, why not? But then he's like, so in verse 33, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath and cannot be my disciple. Like, if you're going to be someone that's worried about it and counting everything and really going in, then you're going to cause like the stress and anxiety and you're going to you're going to quit. You're not going to even make the tower. You're you're going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. crap, what have I done to this king? I've embarrassed myself, and now i got to go stop everything or whatever. I, I think it comes down to a you can't count the odds in this because we are against the odds, people. 
if you want to follow me, you're just going to have to go for it. Okay, I can respect that a lot. That also holds more true to his character. And with this last part, he does the salt thing again right at the end for me. Yeah. Yes. Like, you got to be good salt. And that actually fits with me and makes sense. Because he's, because he's like, you know, if salt's no good, you're going to throw it away. Sure, it has uses, but that's just what men do. He's like, if you're not bringing your A-game, I'm going to leave you behind. I'm the son of man. That's what men do. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm. Did you have anything else, Action? I did not. Wait, I did. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Go okay. for it. So last episode, you know, we find out Lazarus is sick and Jesus leaves and now the, the the disciples warn him, like, this is probably a bad idea. And it's like, now there's great multitudes with them. So it's like, they were probably right that this was a bad idea, or this didn't happen right in the chronology. Interesting. Like, I was kind of feeling that with him staying at a Pharisee's house, but it's like, mm. Yeah. I was a little curious about that, too, actually, this timeline here. Yeah. Okay, so you think this is out of place? Possibly out of place, or... I feel like the next one is more so out of place. Like, this is possible. But the next one's like, what are you doing side-questing, Jesus? He got bored of the, the story quest. He's trying <laughs> to go, like, farm and level up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, he does have to bring Lazarus back from dead. He's got to level up first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. He's just side questing to level up so he has mm-hmm. enough Jesus juice to <laughs> <laughs> to re- bring Lazarus back. Well, this this next part is is Luke 15, uh, 1 to 32. And so now he's just invited, you know, all the minorities around just to listen to him and he's going to make them food and make a feast for them. And because so it's like, okay, he's kind of he just talked about maybe you should do that and he does it which is kind of cool like he but again where does he have the time mm-hmm. <laughs> but then like for real all the the elites like come around and judge him like what are you doing this feast for blah 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 and then uh oh sheep oh, oh sheep. yeah the sheep <laughs> say you got a hundred sheep and you know one goes missing like any of you guys gonna go off and like search for that one missing and come back and be real excited that hey you found that sheep you want to throw a party now and hey women i see you too like (laughs) you you know you got 10 silver coins and you lose one and you search all over and you find it and then you throw a party (laughs) okay that one made me laugh so hard i'm like no one would ever fucking do that Unless it was a stupid, ridiculous amount. No one would do that. I mean, it is, it's supposed to be like a day's wage. Okay, I would not do that for what I would make in I a day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> not anywhere near that. Yeah. Uh, so, and he's just like, it says something else cryptic. Like, so just the same, like, heaven is happy for the repentant Zimmer. And, but the boring just people do nothing for them <laughs> yeah because it's like all those sheep and coins were where they're supposed to be but oh no they're worried about the other one and the, i don't know they get it back you're excited yeah straight so up deal with it maybe one day you'll be a lost thing or something and you'll get excited 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so he kind of confuses him with that a little bit. And then he goes on to tell the parable of the prodigal son. Okay. So he doesn't give a lot of details setting up the story of this family. But so a younger son goes to his dad is like, I'm tired of this life. Give me my inheritance and I'll get out of your hair for good. And so then dad gives it to him. And then the son quickly leaves to the city and it says he spends all his money. But then there's a famine and somehow the kid, like he gets a job working with the pigs, but he's also got to live with the pigs. So it kind of really sucks. And one day he's like, hey, my dad's servants were treated way better than this. I'm going to go apologize. <laughs> and so he, go, he he takes his journey back and... While his dad's still at his house, he sees his son on the horizon, and the dad just books it, and he gives him a hug, and he's just so happy, and then he's like, Dad, I'm sorry, or whatever, and the dad's like, don't worry about it, son, I thought you were dead, but here you are, like, because he's like, I, my kid's not, how is my kid gonna make it through this famine and everything, like, he, he's like, yeah. he's, he's a goner, <laughs> we haven't heard from him in yeah. ages. No and freaking way he survived this. So then the dad calls his servants to, like, get the kid all prepared, give him some, like, fresh clothes for a party, specifically a ring to, I don't know what for. And then they, they slaughter, like, this this cow, that this calf, whatever it was, I can't remember, um, that they were specifically just waiting for a party or, or something. And then, like, okay, time to use it. Like, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's happening. That one. And then we find out, oh, he's got an older brother who was out working in the field. And he's like, wait, what's going on at the house? And he comes up and the servant's like, your brother's alive, man. Like, come join. And then the older brother's like, no, and goes outside and pouts until the dad notices, goes out. And then the older brother's like, why don't you ever throw me a party, dad? Why'd you have to throw it for that slut? And then the dad's like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw you off track. It's okay. I just appreciate that you called him a slut. <laughs> That's what he calls him. <laughs> He's like... That's funny. That is not what he calls him in mine. <laughs> a harlot or whatever. He doesn't call him anything like oh. that in mine. <laughs> the, the dad's like, look, like, yeah, we, we thought your brother was dead. Can't you be happy? Like, you have been able to live comfortably with me and, and everything. And so we, we should be happy that he's returned to us. And that's it. <laughs> Yeah, straight up. Okay, I find it interesting that we never focus on the older brother here. Like, when this is talked about, mm -hmm. the prodigal son, it is always, I mean, not always, but it is it is oftentimes fully focused on the son who left and came back. Mm -hmm. And nobody really talks about the older son. So it's like, in my opinion, this older, the, the older brother is is a bit selfish, a bit selfish, he, um, yeah. I can understand why he'd be upset. I get it. It makes sense. We often don't talk about really like, I don't know, we don't talk about him. And I think that he's an important play here too, because I don't know, that's just a really good example of like, there's so much more to it than we often think. And in this, he was thinking about himself and he mm -hmm. wasn't like paying attention to how this affects the rest of the family 
and what this means to everyone. I also think we're dealing with some jealousy here. Yeah. Like pretty, pretty jealous behavior. But um, I think my point in all of this is these are, again, common behaviors in modern Pharisees. So and those, that's people aren't who it is in the parable. Yeah. And people don't want to talk about that because they don't they are that, <laughs> you know, let's just talk about it as little as we can and draw as little comparisons as we can and move along because I was the prodigal son, not 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 his brother. <laughs> so silly. Hmm. So like, yeah, what what I was always taught was, you know, that kind of stuff. Like it's a stop complaining, son. Like, don't don't be a jealous dick, you know, whatever. Like you have a good yeah. life, you know, but the first time I actually read it and with my wording, like it sounded as more like the father actually answering the son's question instead of just like brushing it off. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, like to go more with that, like, um, cause the son's like, you know, I, I do all this to be a perfect son. Like, and it's like a, don't tire yourself out being perfect so that you can be rewarded and given this party one day and just hope for it. And he's like, you know, you never, you never even gave me a party, whatever. He's like, son, thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. It's like, I seem more like you could have just had one at any time. If you want one, have it. Yeah. What's mine is yours. Straight up. I totally saw it that way too. Yeah, I was viewing it very similarly. Like the father is, is basically saying like, you have no reason to be jealous because you can have all of this. Right now, this is his time. You can have your time whenever you want, but you both get time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Classic siblings. Which, you know, now goes up and makes sense with, you know, what's happening right at the time when Pharisees are complaining about him making a feast for other people and they weren't invited. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Dang, dude. Oh, my Bible note had another pharisee note it's like that father in the story was unwise to grant the kid his request what it's like, what <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute hold up doesn't that kind of defeat the whole purpose of the parable yeah that's a pharisee saying what are you even trying to say jesus <laughs> oh my god 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 like we wouldn't have to worry about it if he was a wise man <laughs> <laughs> okay that that is so silly but no it's like no that that father was the wise it's like i mean yeah you gotta let you go like you just can't imprison them or like okay i'm tired of this life they've, they've said that to you like nothing's gonna happen after that yeah like you can't hold them hostage also kids especially young adult kids have to learn hard lessons like it's not uncommon for that shit to happen now. Like, mm -hmm. that happens all the fucking time. People move out when they turn 18, they can't afford their bills and any of their shit, and they move back in with their parents. How is that any different? Like, that is being a loving parent. Mm-hmm. That is, like, the key. God. Yeah. Oh, a loving parent. <laughs> um, yeah. And when I was saying it, like, with the with the parable, like, you know, he ran up and he hugged them. Okay, what I was always taught, because it doesn't say he embraced him or whatever, um, like the, the wordings was like, he fell on his neck and kissed him. So what I was always taught was like, oh, 
the dad fell to the ground, worshipped him, and kissed like the kid's dirty feet. It's like no, falling on someone's neck is falling on their neck and giving them a hug. It's fair hug. Yes, straight up. Okay, and I actually forgot. I forgot that that's what I was taught because reading it now, I just it's like yeah, he hugged him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. I remember that story being taught as like. Oh, he fell down on the ground on his neck. Oh, Yeah. Kissing his feet. No. No. He's so excited to see his fucking son. He ran to him and and fucking hugged him. Mm -hmm. Just like any other good parent would do. (laughs) Uh, Do you have anything else on that one? Um, I don't think so. Dope. I don't either. So that brings us to our last section, I think. Yeah. Luke 16, 1 through 31. So, this one... Was confusing. um, It was quite confusing. I spent a decent amount of time on this just to understand it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, we start out here, Jesus is talking to his disciples now, um, rather than just all the random people following him. The the people who made that cut. (laughs) (laughs) And he's discussing the dishonest manager parable. That's what my bible called this section so basically there's a there's a rich man who has a manager working for him and he's in charge of the the debts that people owe this rich man and the master finds out that the manager's kind of been dipping in been not doing things quite accordingly been deceitful and so he he's going to remove him from the position and discusses it with him the manager's response to this is oh shit i gotta cover my own ass because i'm not going to be able to afford housing Mm -hmm. when i don't have a job um so he goes to the master's debtors the people who owe him and like each one by one and is asking them okay so how much do you owe him and he's dropping their bills he's telling them to write a different number um (laughs) <laughs> so I I kind of love that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's funny because I can totally see that in like a corporate America setting um, <laughs> and it makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you read it that way too because that's like really, that is the only way it made sense to me but everything else was like a, he figured out how much they could afford and he quickly pulled together some money to impress his master but it's like he's trying to say that this, he's laundering money right now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He's laundering money. And he's also trying to get in good with these people uh-huh. so that he has backups and he's going to manipulate them too yeah. <laughs> because he can because um, he's getting in good right now by lowering their debt. And they think that he's doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Really, he's just covering his own ass. Yeah. Yeah, the master like commends the manager's shrewdness and it says that multiple times. Yeah, he tricked him. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, old people with computers and things because it's like, because he's like, oh, wow, I don't know how you did all this. I don't know where all this went, but look, the books add up. It's like no one of my age <laughs> know how to do this, but it takes a kid with fresh eyes to do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, straight up, straight up. That's so funny. That's kind of how I was picturing that, too. Mm-hmm. Also, I know that this is against the actual meaning of the whole section entirely, but verse 9 100% condones Robin Hood. 1000% verse 9 
verse 9 says, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they will they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. So that verse stand alone mm-hmm. condones Robin Hood. It could, but Jesus has just been really annoyed <laughs> lately. This is it I think this is just a sarcastic one. It probably is. I think this whole section is just layered in it. Okay. Like, make to yourself friends of the mammon of a righteous, that when ye fall, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Like, yeah, go ahead. You think you can save yourself by having all this money, and you know people who can help you make more money, so you'll always be taken care of. Go for it. See what it'll get you, because it's like they're not going to help you when it comes down to it. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. No, you're absolutely right. That was definitely said sarcastically. He would not. That's that's what it is. But like, yeah. Again, like with the, the church stuff, like what it always was was like a. It's okay to make friends with people who know about money because they can help us win people to Christ with money. Yeah. That's what it says in my Bible note. Oh shit. Yes. <laughs> oh shit. I'm just gonna refer everyone back to John Wayne and Jesus. Jesus and John Wayne, I always reverse their mm-hmm. names, and I don't know why. Jesus and John Wayne. Hey. Fucking read that book, guys. I need a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. Yeah, so, okay. My my verse 10, though, what, like, what it says is, um, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. But basically, that means, like, if you're faithful, even a little, you're still faithful. But if you're dishonest, even a little, you're still dishonest. That's saying, like, so if you if you haven't been honest, if you've been dishonest, then, like, you won't be trusted. You won't be trusted with, with true wealth. So mm-hmm. because you've been dishonest and unfaithful with, with the unrighteous wealth. So, like, the assistant of fucking... Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk, you know, they have stupid fucking riches. It's, yeah, unrighteous wealth. That's what I would call that. (laughs) So, like, if their assistant was doing this shit, (laughs) you know, if they pulled that, they're not going to be trusted with anybody else's account. Even if he didn't deserve all of that money, they're still not going to be trusted for anybody's accounts. So, at that point, not only do you lose your career, your income... People just won't trust you. So, like, you won't be able to trust other people with your stuff because they're like, well, if you did this to them, I'm just going to fucking do this right to you. You know? <laughs> that's unfortunately a, a very human thing to do. I think that's what I was trying to get at with all this. My note just really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But in this part, it also gets into, like, you can't serve two masters. You can't be devoted because you can't devote yourself to the two. You will devote yourself to one and despise the other. Um, And I find that interesting because if you apply that today, like, that's pretty much like, I don't know, this is saying God and money, but in the actual specific example of masters and servants, um, that really applies to just working. I'm, I'm seeing that as applying to working, like... If you spread yourself too thin and you have so many jobs, like, you're not going to be able to give your best at all of those jobs. 
you can't devote all of your time and effort and loyalty into each of those. Mm -hmm. And your performance is going to eventually go down. So I just think, I think it's funny because I like 90%, that is just a statistic I pulled out of my ass, but a strong majority of the people who have told me to just get an additional job (laughs) for more money. Yeah. They're all Christians. They're all fucking Christians. Just saying, just saying. You're 100% that servant in that scenario, and that makes your employer the master in this scenario. You cannot serve two masters. So how can I serve two masters? How can I work for two employers and adhere to scripture here? Getting them on a technicality. I'm getting them on a technicality, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) The Pharisees ridiculed him because they money hungry, and Jesus calls them out, and he's like, you know... God knows your hearts, so you can you can keep up this facade, but God knows your hearts, and uh, you'll be treated accordingly. <laughs> then he goes into, like, the old laws and prophets. He was saying the, the old laws and prophets were until John, but now that I'm here, it's the good news of what God has, what, what God is doing, what God is sacrificing. He also even directly says it's easier to forget the base truth. Like, this is not verbatim. It's easier to forget the base truth if it means protecting outdated laws. Mm -hmm. That is why we have all these Pharisees, because it's just easier to do that. Yeah. Be like, well, this is what it directly says, so we should directly do this. So I guess this is what we're doing. And, uh... It's like Jesus is like, no, 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 that's that's old. That's not how we do shit anymore. That's that's just not gonna fly. The world has changed and we have to change too. That was literally Jesus's whole point is the world has changed and we have to change too. Mm-hmm. That was his purpose. And the fact that we are in that same spot again, 2000 years later, and I really feel for Jesus, man. I fucking hate the Pharisees too. <laughs> So, yeah, Jesus is just calling out what I just had a huge epiphany about two episodes ago. (laughs) Um, I am pleased. Yeah. Um, Then we go into, for some reason, we're talking about divorce out of nowhere. Oh, it's an example of an outdated law. I guess you're right. Yes, that is an example of an outdated law. In this example, he's saying basically the ultimate that it comes down to is relationships after marriage equals adultery. You can't be in a relationship. You can't get married again after you've been married because that's adultery. And I've been in sermons where they're like, yeah, that's the take. Like the Jesus says so right here. See, red. That is that is why my mom didn't divorce my dad for so long. That's literally why, um, because she believed it. She wasn't allowed to. Yeah, that's so. Why my mom would never let anyone get divorced. She would always get in the way and be like, "No, we have to win them back. We have to stay together. You can't." Oh my God, that's not anyone healthy. in the family. It's not healthy. Not good. No bueno. I feel that though. It's hard. Nobody fucking likes divorce. But you know what? Not every marriage is good. Not every marriage will work out. Or can be worked out. Nope. And that's okay. It is fucking okay. (laughs) And frankly, a lot of times, as shitty as divorce is, a lot of times it ends up being more beneficial and healthier for every Mm -hmm. person involved. Because then they're not suffering. 
But no, we're too focused on appearances to care about that. Yeah. To care about the actual well-being of the people involved. At least that's been my experience with it. So. so then we go into Lazarus. I don't know if this is the same Lazarus. Why it doesn't really it be? specify. It's just a story about how he died. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't know if it was the same Lazarus. It's gotta be. I, how many? Why? I, how many Lazaruses are there? I don't know. I thought there was just one. There's two. Uh-huh. Figure out where they are, because I don't know which this one is, because they're both in the New Testament. Okay, this is actually the the other one. So this is a separate Lazarus, but this is the only time he happens in the Bible. I can see that as being a spiritually different Lazarus. He's making a story. Who knows if this actually happened? He's just saying something like this is probably what happened. Because he's on a journey to go heal Lazarus, and now he's like on a ramble and just upset and now talking about it. That, that made sense to me. Yeah, everything I'm seeing says that there are two different Lazaruses. One is the brother of Mary and Martha, and one is the rich man and the poor Lazarus from Luke 16, 20 to 31. Yeah. So he's a poor dude, like the other Lazarus we know. Actually, we don't know that he was poor. We just know that he was ill. I assumed that he was poor. I assume he's a friend of Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he was laid in front of this rich man's gate to basically receive the table scraps. Because this rich dude, he could eat whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, and he did. So he had the food. You know, the the rich man's dogs even, like, came out and were licking Lazarus's sores and... Yeah, that was a weird part. I was trying to decide if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I couldn't figure that out either. Yeah. Until, like, later on I was reading something else, and it's like, well, dogs were always associated with healing goddesses in ancient like Sumerian Mm -hmm. type religion. So it's like, oh, okay, maybe it's the master didn't pity, but the dogs pitied. I still, it's a, I don't know. It seemed like a throw in. Yeah, I agree. I kind of took it as a healing thing too, because like just the nature of dogs, like they lick things when they hurt to Mm -hmm. heal them. And they do that for their people too, when they see that they're injured. So that's kind of how I took it. Yeah. So, yeah, but it did feel very much like, why Why is that necessary? So what happens is the poor man dies and go, he comes to Abraham's side and the rich man dies and is taken to Hades, which I'm mad that I forgot to look up biblical Hades because in my head, that is a god. That is specifically a god. Right there. That is the name of a god. That is a deity. Yeah, but Hades was also kind of like the place too, and that was what it was seen as. Mine translates it into hell. That's what I wanted to get clarification on is I just want them to be saying the person. But even if you're talking about the place, they're still talking about the person because they're taking you to the person that's in the place to go to the place to be with the person. Yeah, but if they're referring to hell as Hades, Are we straight out acknowledging the existence of Hades right now, or are we talking about the place? I mean... I kind of assumed it was the place, but... Lots of people believed lots of things at that time. It's true. There is a lot of integration of, uh, you know, pagan beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I started calling them Richie, Abe, and Lazzie because <laughs> it just was easier for me to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Richie looks up and sees Abe and Lazzie, and he calls for Abe, and he begs for mercy. He's like, please, like, even just have, like, even just have Lazarus put his finger on my tongue <laughs> to cool it down. I was like, damn, bro. Begging for this, like, poor sword beggar to put his finger in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, are you, what are you, like, some creep on a... New York bus? What's happening? So Abe was like, Bish, the tables have turned. <laughs> this is the afterlife now. You had everything in, in in your life on Earth, and he had jack shit. And now you're gonna be tormented forever, and he's gonna spend eternity in heaven. And, you know, obviously that probably didn't feel very good, as he's being dragged down to hell. Mm-hmm. Or, no, he's already there. He's being tormented. <laughs> mm. My Bible notes are kind of confusing on that. If he's still on his way there or there. like I think he's kind of in transit. This is all just like slowly, no, see you later, bye, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I think he was in transit, but he was also already being tortured. In the yeah. sense that he was already in, yeah, he was already being tormented. So then... After, you know, after Abe goes on and says this, he's like, also, even if I wanted to, there's a giant chasm in the way. (laughs) I literally cannot because you are doomed to eternal damnation and I can't save you from that shit. And uh, yeah, that was, (laughs) there was that. And then um, Richie begs Abe to send, to send Lazzie to uh warn his family mm-hmm. because he's like well shit i have my father and my five brothers and they ain't good <laughs> they ain't shit yeah, they ain't <laughs> they're gonna end up here too i don't want them to suffer and uh so Abe was like nah they got they got moses they got the other prophets it's fine richie was like but please <laughs> if they see a ghost they'll repent and abe was like Nah, they got they got Moses and the prophets. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that. Hey, you want to know what my Bible note has to say about this section? Oh yeah, I'd love to. Whatever. Well, my Bible note is like like trying to do a little elbow nudge, like not believing a guy back from the dead or whatever, you know, that like that Jesus guy, right? You know, all those people that are always like, we don't believe him or whatever. Yeah, and. Like, they're missing the point by trying to make Jesus into Lazarus inside of this. But he's not. Yeah. It's, like, for that, like, okay, these, like, if you figure out what these prophets are saying, like, like, if you can't figure it out, then, of course, someone raised from the dead is an act of God. Like, oh, wow, it's amazing. How could this happen? Not the science or whatever that people have been trying to figure out. Like, a good chunk of Moses' stuff is an attempt at medical awareness. Whoa. Okay. Epiphanies. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm researching Moses later. (laughs) Within his laws, there's a lot of, like, when he gets down to diseases and how to take care of them, what must be done. And most of it is just kicking people out for a while and covering them in paper or whatever. (laughs) What they could try. What do we got? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sure. That's okay. (laughs) I have like this whole image in my head of this happening and it's like just this homeless dude who's just in rags, you know, and he's just ascending and his body is like in its prime. He can, you know, he's, he's in an upward, 
arms out. Is this an anime girl transformation? Pretty much. Pretty much. So he's like lifting up into the air and he's like, as he's transcending, he's like becoming him like in, in his in his perfect form, as we are said, we will be in heaven, I guess. Not I guess. That is what the fucking Bible says. I'm not, I'm not, no. <laughs> I need to be assertive, damn it. <laughs> so it is straight up like this anime girl scene. He's like full on like spinning. <laughs> this is like straight out of Sailor Moon. Yeah. He's transforming from like this homeless dude in rags, all shaggy and can't move because he's, he's, I mean, it says he was rested and like he was placed mm-hmm. in front of this man's gate. So I'm assuming he's crippled. Like he yeah. can't move himself there. So I'm like seeing his, his like limbs all straighten out and he's like in this whole fancy physique i don't know very flowy i see it but also sharp at the same time yeah Mm -hmm. just glowing yeah so then while that's happening like at the exact same time we're seeing this like side by side but they're happening up and down as one's being pulled to heaven Mm -hmm. one's being pulled to hell and and Mm -hmm. the rich man he's just going through his whole sailor moon transformation but it's very sad and it's very painful and that's being conveyed to you it's like a reverse (laughs) god creates man painting like yes give me your finger in my mouth (laughs) (laughs) yes oh my god oh my god exactly i picture his tongue like on fire like it's it's like simmering not simmering smoldering there we go smoldering yeah so it's just not to be mistaken with the smolder (laughs) it's just like a lava rock in there now his tongue is the lava rock yeah so this is all happening and like you see like the disney hades in a more realistic form but still that if that makes sense um you just see him like laughing in the background down in hell (laughs) because i like that version um not because it is an accurate version representation yeah so i picture him like snickering down there and then like the family guy god he's just getting (laughs) actually i just want it to be that what i'm actually picturing is a big empty chair on clouds with like a big screen and like he's not there but his presence is there and he's got the big <laughs> booming god voice i can't be That's there too busy I'm... pretty much i guess i don't know yeah. he's his presence is there i guess that's what matters but he's um yeah maybe maybe it's because i have all these thoughts about him being an absent father yeah what if it's just no his chair you're supposed to join him and he doesn't just have a throne and you just sit there like it's an ever-expanding couch it's like a circle now or possibly many circles you just cram in and you watch what's happening below because that's all he does is just watch you sit there and you hang out and watch and that makes sense for a bunch of wheels in the skies with eyes now that I... yeah that does make sense actually i don't know maybe I'm dude do you think they're passing around a joint mm-hmm. several that's why they're you know they're all on fire oh my god i found <laughs> i found a joint like there's a pre-roll at one of my local dispensaries called Jesus OG and I haven't seen that one before. <laughs> I have to go back and buy it before they're yes, sold out. Cuz apparently that's a really popular one which I, does not surprise me. I worked in a dispensary. I know what strains go. People buy based on names. People don't give a fuck mm-hmm. unless they're specifically asking for sativa or indica, but you know, people buy and even then they still pick based on the name. Mhm. Absolutely, I do that. Sounds fun. Yeah, 
I do that too. I'm just, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that is what people do. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you know, you can get something from a smell, but not always. And it's like, really? Eh, this sounds more fun. The people who give a shit enough to care about that stuff still don't even give a shit enough to care about that stuff <laughs> yeah. all of the time. Because that's me. Like, I know all of the shit. I can tell you what terpenes are likely in that strain based on how it smells. <laughs> you know? Like, I I can get pretty in-depth with that shit. But also, I fucking want to try a strain called Alaskan Thunderfuck. Like, <laughs> of course I'm going to buy that. <laughs> Or I'm going to buy one called Dingleberry. Because why wouldn't I? Uh, I wouldn't want that. I want that. No. He's funny. <laughs> yep. Or fucking Jesus OG. I absolutely want to smoke some Jesus OG. You know, mm -hmm. some good. They just sound fun. I don't even know if Jesus OG is a sativa or a, an indica or what, what way it leans. I just said I absolutely have to buy this. Exactly. So, that was off topic. Anyways, yes, in your scenario, I think that they're absolutely smoking a joint, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't have anything else for that, though. Yeah, I don't... Well, did you have a favorite part? I think going back to, okay, well, it's like just a neat little thing of where we get, like, an example of practicing what he preached, because, you know, he's like, make a big feast, and then he makes a big feast. Yeah, definitely. For the people who need it. That is a good example of him actually practicing witches. Even if it messes with the chronology right now. Yeah, it is a little weird, but it's cool. Yeah, I forgot what it was actually. A I have it in my notes. I just don't know. I forgot that that was a dinner. Well, it didn't start out the that Pharisees way. Were... Like in in my writing, I didn't realize it was like a, a dinner either at first or something. Because it's just like, oh, the, uh, he just gathered people to him. And then the Pharisees are like, what are you doing with this food? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're eating okay they were all grumbly mm -hmm. why are you receiving them? why are you feeding them? what are you doing what was your favorite um i'm having a hard time deciding there's a lot in this one mm -hmm. well because every event jesus had to give you three things i know for real okay i'm stuck between uh the second section so luke 14 25 to 35 mm -hmm. um because I just had a lot of fun doing the study for that. Not even because of what it's about, just because I had a lot of fun doing that part of the study. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it caught my interest and it also sent me down bunny trails that I was enjoying researching. So I think that's probably my favorite, but I also really enjoyed Luke 16 to 31, specifically, not even to 31. I liked the beginning part of that, the whole dishonest manager parable. I had fun with that one too. <laughs> um I don't remember ever reading this one, so I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. No, I, I I thought the the dishonest manager one was in too, because it, it's like really trying to fit something else into it. It's like it's not, this is just money laundering. He's telling you like you can't trust them because you just can't. Yeah, straight up fucking mm. having flashbacks to PNC. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that I worked there. It was such a short time. So should probably sign off. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, buddies. Catch ya in the next one. See you later, pals. I changed and it felt wrong. Yeah. Say something different. Yeah. No, I'm leaving it. Okay. That's what I did. It's happening. It happened. It's done. Okay. <laughs>
Hey buddies, Mary here. If today's episode sparked something for you or you have questions for us, send us an email at thehighpriestbiblestudy at gmail.com. You can stay up to date on new episodes and merch releases through Instagram or check us out on Facebook if that's more your style at The Hybel Study. That's at the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. Check out our subreddit, r slash the high priest for references to some things that we've talked about in various episodes as well as some memes we also have a threadless shop shop.thehighpriest.show there's almost always new merch popping up there so be sure to check back regularly if you want to and can responsibly donate but have enough merch buy us a coffee buyusacoffee.com slash the h-i-g-h-b-l-e study you can donate once or you can choose to donate monthly Money donated helps us to improve the show and make it better for you as the listener. Or, if you want to just make it all that much more simple, all of these links are on our website, thehighpriest.show. Every link I've already mentioned, as well as some different platforms that you can listen to the show on. Rate us and leave us a review, we'd love to hear your feedback, and don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified of new episodes directly from the platform that you listen on. Besides, it's that much easier to share with your friends when it's at the top. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you, and I'll catch you in the next episode.